Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome in to the Autzen Audibles podcast. I'm Matt Prem, Eric Scopel, Jared Mack on the show. Welcome to your first defensive, or I should say second defensive uh, podcast. Sorry, I am all over the place with podcasts. Basketball, football, spring football. It's it's happening right now on DuckTerritory.com. Um, we are talking linebackers, and this is one in which uh, it, it's a unit, guys, where much like defensive line yesterday, um, some guys we don't quite know where they fit yet. You know, wh- wh- where where are they edge players, and does that mean they're more you know hand on the ground, true you know traditional defensive ends? Are they? Stand up guys, kind of like your outside linebackers. Is there a hybrid spot in between these two? Um, these that, that's probably one of the biggest questions we have going into this. Spring practice starts on the tenth. Uh, we are, I don't know, seven days away from from spring football starting. Uh, those answers we'll, we'll get some some clarity on here in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, I think. We've talked already on the offense, and I know we spoke a little bit on yesterday's show about defensive line, but like there's a, there's a, I mean, there's kind of a disconnect with right now exactly what this is going to look like. And that's for me kind of fun going into it, but it's also a little bit scary when we're putting together two deeps when I'm like, I think this is kind of what it'll look like, but I could be looking totally stupid in like five days when we come out and actually they're running two defensive linemen with five linebackers and, you know, blah, 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 right. blah, blah. And you're like, oh, cool. I was so off, totally, so off base that nothing makes sense anymore. Um, but I, I think like, I'm basically operating like this is sort of similar to what we saw at Georgia where it was kind of two hybrid players off the edge. Um, and then two traditional inside linebackers. Um, and I know, and then they, they certainly mix it up and show different looks too. I know in the past there were four, more of a four, three last year, closer to a three, four, but not even totally traditional three, four. So 
Um, and that's part of why it's kind of hard to put this together. Um, but let's just start with who's back. Um, you've got 13 players back at linebacker. And I know that's kind of crazy to say, considering last year there were so few linebackers that you had like a safety playing there. You had yeah. walk-ons playing a lot of snaps there. You, I mean, Nate Hukliani finished the year like basically as your, your third linebacker. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's how dire things were last year because of injury. Um, I think if you, if we're assessing this, like I spoke a second ago, like if this is closer to a traditional three, four, I think you feel really good about the idea of what you have in a two deep. Um, this is what I put together. I, I think my starting line, I think my starting four here, I, I think most would agree with, I, I have Mace Buna and Braden Swinson as my outside linebackers with Noah Sewell and Justin Flo in the middle. Yeah. Um, my second string, and by the way, I have to note here before I even say this, I have Jeffrey Bassa like more as a safety moving back to that position group, and we have no clarity if that's happening too. And we're going to have a safety podcast tomorrow, and both of these podcasts might look really silly if once we find out Boss is playing X, Y, or Z. Um, so if he's, I'm not, in, I'm not including him here, but like he certainly needs to be like on the minds of listeners of like he played a lot last year. He started seven games at inside linebacker. He might be in this conversation. I'm excluding him because I'm including him at safety. Um, all right, but on the second string, I have Trevin Maai and Adrian Jackson as your two outside linebackers with Keith Brown and Jackson LaDuke as your two inside linebackers. That's a really good, by the way, two deep. Like, I'm pretty comfortable with mm -hmm. a lot of those guys. I mean, Maai actually started two games last year. I thought he really showed some things. Um, Adrian Jackson might be a great fit athletically with what Oregon wants to do. Now with Dan Lanning, like, he's not N'Kobe Dean. He's not that kind of guy. But, like, athletically, he's not – He's 90% of that or 85% of that. So, like, there's a possibility he could be pretty valuable. Um, and then there's five others that are returning. Again, there's a lot of linebackers, which is why I feel comfortable with Bossa maybe not playing there. Um, you also have back Aiden Navarrete, uh, Jabril McNeil, Jonathan Flo, Terrell Tillman, and Brandon Buckner, all of which I think count as freshmen right now. So this is a really, really young group. Um, but that collection there – like. Every single one of those guys has shown a little promise, or at least there's some expectation based upon who they were in high school. So um, I know you think, okay, you've got eight guys there, but like, I, I think eight guys in my 2D, but I think the five after, which are kind of unproven to a certain extent, like I don't, I, I think you're going to be able to find two to three more that can fill out the depth. Um, along with, by the way, and this is my bad effort at a transition to throw it to Jared that we do every time because he breaks down the new guys. By the way, four <laughs> new players also joining the mix, Jared, right? <laughs> oh yeah you got some new guys as well um just wanted to touch on like the fact that you have like the brandon buckners and the Terrell tillman's jabril mcneil's like as your third stringers or four stringers that's a good start because you know we saw some flashes from all those guys but yeah. like eric transitioned me into you have a couple new guys coming in i'll start with the traditional quote-unquote linebackers of devin jackson and harrison taggart um those are your more middle linebackers like how you see justin Flo and noah sewell play not comparing the players i'm comparing the positions because few people on earth probably play linebacker like justin Flo and noah sewell uh, but then you have outside rushers and anthony jones and amarion winston um, who are those a more traditional edge set um, all led by defensive coordinator and linebackers coach tosh lupoy he's another new addition to the staff and to the program um, i think if you if you want to look into one or two players in particular um, it's clearly going to be Devin Jackson. And for me, it's going to be Anthony Jones. Uh, Devin Jackson comes in as the highest rated recruit in the 2022 class uh, at 140 overall, according to 24-7 sports composite. Um, he was somebody who committed to Oregon before Mario Cristobal left. 
stuck with the program, even when Ken Wilson, the former linebackers coach, now head coach at Nevada, left. Um, he is somebody who could become an immediate impact guy. But as Eric just outlined, there's a lot there's a lot of people in front of him who have experience, who have year, even if they don't have game experience, they have a year or two in the program, whatever the case may be. Um, and Anthony Jones is an interesting case because he is listed at 65242 on 24-7 sports, but he uh, is listed as an athlete, as a recruit, because he played both edge and tight end in high school. Um, <clears throat> he certainly has a college frame. Uh, he's more filled out than most freshmen do. More, most freshmen come in at his size, but with a, an offseason, he's enrolled early. With an offseason of Oregon's new strength and conditioning program, I feel like he, at his size, could – make an impact on the game level at points, maybe during the like the uh, out of season or excuse me, out of conference schedule, but certainly can make an impact to practice in terms of, you know, as a scout team or whatever the case may be. Star power will not be an issue here. I mean, we don't need to go into the long list of accolades that Noah Sewell has accumulated in his two seasons at Oregon. Um, Justin Flo, and the very limited time that he has played at Oregon has been absolutely tremendous. Um, it's an incredibly small sample size, all of one game, essentially. Um, but that one game, you could argue he was as productive, if not more productive, than Noah Sewell. Um, is that just one game situation? Or is that going to be kind of the expectation for Justin Flo? Um, and then Keith Brown was a high-profile recruit as a freshman. Um, he played in quite a few games for Oregon last season. And and then Jackson LeDuc is a guy that, you know, who suffered an injury early on in camp, uh, in fall camp last year. And then when he got healthy, quickly was thrown onto the field. I, I think part of that was probably depth, but also yep. probably a, a, a reflection of his talent um, and his potential impact. We'll see how this position group looks like going into the spring from a health perspective. Um, we, Noah Sewell did have some kind of um, health rehab assignment that, that went to him after the, the Alamo Bowl. He did leave the Alamo Bowl with a concussion. Um, shouldn't, you would hope, you know, three months later, he doesn't have lingering effects from that. Um, what's Noah Sewell's status? That was a very difficult one to pin down um, during the season. Uh, but all in all, I, I, I think this is one in which Noah Sewell's got the job inside locked down. Um, Braden Swinson has the other one locked down. Would you guys say Flo and Funa have their jobs fully locked down? Or do they have to, if they don't perform well, they could get passed up? I mean, Funa started like 20 straight games. I feel pretty good about him being – I mean, maybe not. I mean, I thought Trevor Mai really looked good last year, but I, I would not expect – I think Funa's – and again, Funa could be somebody who – I mean, depending upon what they want to do positionally, like maybe he makes more sense with a hand down. We haven't seen that yet. But, I mean, remember he came in at like close to 270 pounds a couple of years ago. Yeah. Had to cut weight. Um, I thought played better towards the end of last season than he ever has in his career here. So, like, I – no, I think he's – I think – I mean, I – I would say Sewell and Funa are the two. I feel like those guys are those are starters. Like those guys started a combined twenty six games last year. Um, 
Flo's a starter in my mind because of just the, the talent he has. Um, and Swinson only started one game last year, but albeit that was behind Kayvon Thibodeau, who's a pretty decent player. Um, so, yeah, I feel like those four, I feel pretty comfortable with them being on the one line. Um, I'm really curious to see both Keith Brown and Jackson LaDuke's development physically after missing some serious time with injury last year. I mean, um, I don't know what Keith Brown is right now. I, I mean, I don't want to be overly critical. When he was playing, he, he didn't look good. But I think he was injured and trying to play through injury because they didn't have any other options. Um, yeah. There's a reason they shut him down in the back end of the season there. So I'm, I'm curious to see what he looks like because that's somebody I've been really, really high on since he was you know, a, a high schooler up in the Corvallis area. So um, what, what, what does Keith Brown provide in his second year? Um, I don't think either Brown or Ludwig have a really clear path to starting just because you have Sewell or Flo there. But – because of health, you never know. Um, so, yeah, no, I feel pretty good about that top line. And I do think they're star power. I think Sewell and Flo could both develop into All-American caliber players. And I think Funa and Swinson could be all-conference caliber players with development. Um, I mean, Funa's this will be his third year as a full-time starter um, or close to. Um, and, and for Swinson, this is his first crack at it. But I think everybody's been pretty impressed with what he's shown previously, even in kind of a limited role. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt in my mind that that four is the number one team for linebackers and edge rushers. I think they've all proven themselves. I know Flo just hasn't played in any games, basically. Um, but we saw him in fall camp last year and spring camp and some of those August scrimmages and that first game against Fresno State. I don't need to see any more. I'm good. Like He is by far the, the most explosive and the hardest hitter on the team if he's healthy. And he is, I, you know, I look at him in more of that N'Kobe Dean role because like N'Kobe Dean, Flo is a heat-seeking missile when he's on the field. And that leads to his, you know, 15 tackles against Fresno State. Um, but for, yeah, for that combination, Flo and Sewell, uh, if they both stay healthy, that could be one of the best linebacking duos in the country. Um, Swinson had his moments last year. I think a lot of them were uh, you know, created by Kayvon Thibodeau's attention, sort of like Brandon Dorless. So, you know, that's been my one concern for this defense, well, among other things. But one of my biggest concerns on the defense going into the offseason is where are they going to replicate some of Kayvon Thibodeau's rush production? Yeah. Um, maybe it comes from Mace Funa. Maybe he has a standout year now that he's he has to be the guy. Um, maybe it's Swinson. Maybe it's somebody else. But I think with that four – I think that's pretty solid. I don't really see another edge who can really challenge either Swinson or Funa as of right now. Um, for linebackers, I really like the idea of having Keith Brown and Jackson LaDuke as your backups. I think those guys, if they played on like Cal or Washington with their depleted linebacking room depth, I think those guys are back 12 or power five starters, like 100%. Um, what I saw from LaDuke last year, even though he came back after a knee injury, I think he tore his ACL, something like that. He explained it at the end of the year last year. I liked him. He's got a good frame. He plays run. He plays the run well. I think when he gets fully healthy, similar to Keith Brown, and Keith Brown just looked a step slow for most of the year. Yeah. He had an ankle injury against Ohio State. He pulled his hamstring or pulled his groin, one of the two. He just kind of, like Eric, like we were saying, it looked like he kind of played through injuries, and I think that really limited what he can do on the field. But – I like Keith Brown. I like his frame. I like his tenacity. 
Um, I think it's a really good linebacking group. I think it might be one of the most like solid position groups on the entire team, just from a, if they stay healthy. The talent at the top, the depth. Um, I think it's a, I think that's starting four, and I think this linebacking group is really good. All right, when we come back, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we'll discuss some things that we're looking for uh, in the spring period of practice and just kind of expectations for that spring game. Uh, April 23rd. Uh, That's coming up next here on the Austin Audible's podcast. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, welcome back to the Autzen Audible's podcast, talking linebackers. Um, it's pretty clear, as you guys and, and myself have indicated, that the, the top group is pretty – the first team is, is – I don't want to say set in stone, um, but it basically is. And so spring is all about what can you do from a developmental standpoint, um, what can you do from – trying new thing, you know, guys in new positions or, you know, new schemes or or what have you. And so I'm really curious, this is going to be an opportunity for Adrian Jackson, Jonathan Flo, Brandon Buckner, Jake Shipley, Keith Brown, um, Trevin Maai, Jaden Navarrete. If any of the freshmen get into camp uh, during practice, um, they've got a couple of them. Um, as Jared noted earlier on in the show, what can these guys do? What What's their development like? I, you know, Noah Sewell, like, yeah, he needs to get better. He needs, you know, he needs to continue his his climb of improvement. But he's already an All-American. Um, Braden Swinson and Mace Funa are, are, are bona fide starters in the Pac-12 already. Um, Justin Flo's only issue has been health. And so, really, it's 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 just fine tuning the things for those guys. But what kind of jumps can we get from the younger guys at this position group? Um, for me, that that's probably priority number one is just establishing depth. I'm I'm really curious where a lot of these guys fit positionally, um, inside and outside. Like, I know Jabril McNeil and Terrell Tillman worked inside to close last year. I think Jonathan Flo moved there a little bit as well. He just didn't play in, the, in any games. Like, are those those guys started as outside linebackers, but because of depth, they moved inside. Does that stick? Because they need, they need, by the way, they need a guy or two or three, honestly, from that group and the newcomers, which I think Devin Jackson, Harris, and Taggart are both clearly inside linebackers, and Jones and Winston are edge guys. But like, of the Navarrete, McNeil, Jonathan, Flo, Terrell Tillman, Brandon Buckner group, like, 
probably two of those guys need to play a little inside just from a numbers perspective um, to make this work. And maybe these two true freshmen I mentioned, Taggart and Jackson, are just so good that they come in and are immediately like inside backers five and six. That could happen. Um, but I think you would love to see McNeil or Flo or or any of those guys kind of establish themselves and and, and, and fill out, fill out and, and fill that position group out. Um, because I, I think you've got – Again, some really high-end inside backers at the top. You've got two guys I'm high on as backups and Brown and LeDuc. But as we saw last year, injuries happen, and this position yeah. got hit really hard. And I don't think you feel – I mean, you've got plenty of numbers here, but it's kind of hard to assess exactly where everybody fits. So that's something I'll be looking forward to um, kind of answering in camp is kind of like positionally, like who plays inside, who plays outside. Um, and frankly, like how much of a difference is there between – an inside position and outside position in Dan Landing's defense. And could this be a, a, a situation where similar to offensive line under the previous staff, where you could cross train these guys and have these guys kind of move all over the field based upon certain situations. So um, those are the, I, I mean, there's, there's a lot of questions to be had. Um, I mean, and of course, like the number one is probably like, where's Jeffrey boss at? I mean, like, yeah. Yeah. is he, is he playing linebacker or safety? Because that really does impact the two deep here. Cause if, if he, be, if he sticks at linebacker, you've got like, does Justin Flo move outside? Does Bat Bassa move outside? What happens? Does Swinson move to a, you know put a hand down and play in the dirt so he can be on the field? Um, you almost have an overload of linebackers, which is why I kind of like him at safety. But um, yeah, I think just getting some clarity on some of the what poor guys fit positionally is is something I'll be really curious to learn in spring. My question for spring is kind of the same. Uh, it's more a little more specific, but I want to see how often we see Noah Sewell line up on the edge. Because I think that is probably, or Justin Flo, but specifically Sewell because of his size. I think that might be a way to facilitate a pass rush with the loss of Kayvon Thibodeau. And, you know, well, obviously we'll see because maybe, you know, Funa or Swinson, like I said earlier, improves so much that, you know, we, they don't have to worry about a pass rush, really, that those guys have shown up. But I think with the added depth at linebacker, um, I think Sewell is honestly is. Probably his skill set better suits him as an edge rusher than somebody who can just get after the quarterback and stop runs. Um, I, but, you know, obviously you're losing one of the best inside linebackers in the country when you do that. And so it's a tough thing, but I do feel like they're going to try to switch that up and see what they can get out of him and use him to the point where I don't think Tim DeRuiter's defense really ever could. Um, just trying to maximize the most out of these guys. Um, because I feel like that's what Georgia's defense under Dan Lenning did the best is they took a lot of guys who had a lot of physically impressive traits and put them in the best position for those to win out against a matchup. And for me, I know Sewell against on the edge is a really difficult matchup for a lot of offensive linemen. So I, I kind of want to see that, but Eric, I'm with you. Most, most of all, I want to see, the positional versatility and who's lining up where, and most importantly, what the heck is going on with Jeffrey Bassa? <laughs> where in the world is Jeffrey Bassa? <laughs> I want to know, <laughs> man. I need to know. <laughs> um, the Bassa one could have a bunch of rippling effects here. Yeah. Um, right. Not to go too much into the safety group because we're going to talk about them on tomorrow's show, but if you, I mean, if you could move Bossa to safety um, or you could even move him to the star or the nickel position right. and move Jamal Hill to safety and get 
all three of those guys on the field at one time with Flo, Bossa, and Hill. So, you know, there, I think there's a lot to look at of, of this position group, and you guys mentioned it. The versatility here could dictate where other players play, what type of scheme they fully run, um, just based off of everything that we know with these guys. Uh, speaking of safeties, we'll, we'll discuss that position group tomorrow, so make sure to check out DuckTerritory.com for that and go to today for a full coverage of the linebacker group. Uh, until we talk to you next, you've been listening to the Yachts and Audibles podcast. Talk to you later, folks. Peace. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts.